been uh, uh, preaching through a series on pride, and so that is on my mind. And there's a number of directions, I guess, that I could go with this. But I want to look today at First Corinthians, excuse me, First Kings 21, starting in verse 19 and going down to verse 29. First Kings 21, 19 through 29. And this is Ahab, and he's being confronted by Elijah the prophet. And this is right after he wanted the vineyard of Naboth. And when Naboth said no, he went and pouted on his bed. And uh, Jezebel, who was the real um, power in the family, she said, well, we can take care of this. And she did and had uh, Naboth murdered, essentially. And then uh, Ahab happily went down and got what he had wanted. And so as he was um, there, uh, Elijah was told what had happened and was sent to confront him. And that's where we pick up in verse 19. You shall speak to him saying, thus says the Lord, have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him saying, thus says the Lord in the place where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, the dogs will lick up your blood, even yours. Ahab said to Elijah, have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon you and will utterly sweep you away and will cut off from Ahab every male, both bond and free in Israel. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and because you have made Israel sin. Of Jezebel also has the Lord spoken, saying, The dogs will eat Jezebel in the district of Jezreel. The one belonging to Ahab who dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And the one who dies in the field, the birds of the heaven will eat. Surely there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife incited him. He acted very abominably in following idols, according to all that the Amorites had done whom the Lord cast out before the sons of Israel. And this is the very interesting part to me. It came about when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and fasted. And he lay in sackcloth and went about despondently. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, Do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me. I will not bring the evil in his days, but I will bring the evil upon his house in his son's days. So I'm thinking about humbling ourselves, which I, I think is a big part of what we are doing or attempting to do, what we are desiring when we are seeking the Lord's face for ourselves, for our families, for our churches, for our countries. We are humbling ourselves before God. Prayer can be a thing of pride, ironically, but it is supposed to be a thing of the empty hand of the beggar pleading with God in humility that I, I'm needy, I'm desperate. And so it is amazing to me here to see Ahab humble himself. And so there's just three short uh, lessons. There's, there's many more, but for today, the, the first lesson that I see here is that God has mercy, mercy on a principle of mercy, not a principle of works. 
and we think, well, duh, of course, uh, it, it wouldn't be called mercy if uh, it wasn't merciful. And yet, I think that point needs to be made because when we're praying for our country, a hindrance to believing that God would hear us is the wickedness of our country and how bad we are or any of the other countries represented. I think it's bad largely everywhere, it seems. And if we're going to receive answers, Jesus says we must pray in faith that it be done to us according to our faith. What hinders faith? One of the things that would hinder us in thinking that God would ever hear, that God would ever answer us, is just how depraved we've become and how depraved our countries have become. And yet Ahab is described here as there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, He was like the worst of the worst. And no one really thinks that Ahab was a converted and born again man. This is what, you know, theologians would describe as a legal humiliation rather than an evangelical one. That is, it's not a permanent change of heart, but rather a, an, a, a, an act of contrition having to do very much with self, with just Ahab's own legacy. And yet, even so, God hears him as respect for his self-humbling. So God has mercy on a principle of mercy, meaning, of course, you don't deserve it. Of course, we don't. Of course, our countries don't. Um, We mustn't think that the only way we could possibly get God's favor is to improve morally beforehand. Um, Certainly, if we ourselves are doing something we know to be wrong and immoral, we should stop and um, not be hypocritical and asking God for mercy while we continue on in something we know is, is evil. But with respect to praying broadly for our, our countries and our churches and so forth, we, we don't need to get better before we can pray for God to show mercy. The second lesson is that God has res- regard for humility. Uh, Ahab humbled himself. The Converse of this would be to stiffen his neck and to say, how dare you tell me anything like this? How dare you speak to me this way, Elijah? Um, And to, you know, maybe even seek to kill Elijah. But he didn't do that. He didn't kill the prophet. He didn't, uh, you know, hunt for him like he had done in previous days when there was a drought and famine. He, he immediately changes his disposition and he has a sorrow about this bad news that he's been given. He tears his clothes, he puts on sackcloth, he walks around despondently and he fasts. And these are all ways of denying the comfort of the body, a self-denial that is basically saying, I'm, I, I deserve these sorts of humiliations. I, I, des- I don't deserve comfort. Um, because of how bad I've been. And God has regard for that. Even the humiliation, the self-humiliation of an unbeliever, he listened to and had regard for. I think that's amazing. And then thirdly, judgment was delayed. Uh, we, We don't think judgment is going to be delayed forever. 
uh, the scriptures prophesy otherwise. The day is coming. The day of judgment is coming. When Christ returns, there will be fire poured out on the earth and it will be burned up. And it's a, a day of reckoning and there will be lots of uh, calamity and, and lots of dead bodies laying everywhere, laying everywhere. And we're not hopefully thinking that we're going to eternally um, uh, prolong that or um, just simply abrogate it altogether. What we're looking for is a delay, a delay in judgment that God would yet again show mercy by pouring out his spirit and awakening many people and bringing about many salvations and, and being glorified through mercy um, and, and not just through judgment. And so uh, an application just to close would be if Ahab humbled himself, should, should we not? Should we not humble ourselves? And should we not uh, fast? Is it not appropriate for us to fa be fasting uh, from time to time, periodically, in a way that we are mourning over the state of uh, the man in the mirror, our churches, our countries, uh, the whole world. Um, and then as we seek God in, in humility, that we would have hope that there, this, this passage gives us a reason to have a uh, confident hope that God will respond favorably. If he heard Ahab, uh, might, mightn't he hear us? Ahab uh, was, in a sense, a conspirator to murder. Um, he was an idolater. He was a, a partner in crime with his, with his wife, who had killed 400 prophets of, ba of uh, the Lord. And uh, he'd done many, many evil things. There was no one as evil as his, he is, according to scripture in, in Israel. And yet God delayed his judgment. Uh, couldn't God delay ours uh, for the sake of showing mercy?